little uh, item to deal with is Rob Starner. Where are you, Rob? There he is. Uh, Rob, you're teaching a Greek class. Tell us about it. Well, it's the uh, first time that I've tried this, uh, apart from any university or college setting. It's entirely uh, student learner motivated, and I'm trying to uh, meet a need for folks whose Greek has gotten a little bit rusty, or maybe they didn't even have it and they see a need for it. And um, the way I've designed the thing, it should work that they can go at their own pace. It's obviously better if you can keep up with a class, but I've uh, in included some features that make it easier for people. If they do lag behind, I can probably still walk alongside them and coach them through it. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's got, uh, we have about 25, I think so far. Oh my. And uh, yeah, so I'm really, really looking forward to that. So can people jump in on it right now or do they have to wait yeah. for a rotation? No, they could jump in on it right now. The only thing you would need to do is send me an email address to my email, uh, which is just rob at robstarner.com. And uh, I have uh, two links that I can send you that will give you all the materials so far for the course and um, pretty much get you started. So they could join tonight if they wanted. They could pop in on the session. It'll be on my Zoom. Would you do a little favor for us, Rob? And that is uh, down in the uh, chat section. Just post your uh, yeah. contact information. Oh, Jason already did it for you. Oh, good. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Jason. And thank you, Rob, for uh, making that available. You know what? I'm I'm just in the last five years since going back and doing my D-man, I am really high on education, not for the sake of degrees or titles, but for the sake of growth. I know that uh, Absolutely. Uh, the, um, uh, the D-man process enriched my life, my spiritual life, and uh, my ministry life so significantly <clears throat> uh, that wherever you can pick up a course or, you know, uh, going through a cohort. I know Peter Jowdry is also doing the uh, 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 Spiritually Healthy Leader cohorts. Um, these are just so enriching, and they, they put a, a, a sharp edge on our sword. I think that they're helpful to us. So uh, if I could make mention of that, and uh, uh, Rob, thank you for uh, offering Greek. Yeah. It's going to be fun. It'll be fun and funny. I hope. Uh, Enjoyable. I'm, I'm sure it'll be an, an experience. <laughs> yeah. But it'll be a good experience. You're a great teacher and a good friend. Uh, so thank, thank you for you. that. Um, so we also have a, a little announcement, and I'm going to ask uh, Anthony to go ahead and roll it here in a second. Uh, you know, uh, George Krebs is uh, retiring. And uh, the plan was that he would step down uh, at or before summit this year. And we picked uh, the early part of March as a good transition point. It'll be after kids spring breakaway and uh, it'll give his successor an opportunity to step into the office for a couple of weeks with him. 
so that uh, we can have a healthy and a smooth transition. Uh, also, um, uh, Josh Schaefer left our network uh, last year, and uh, we have been uh, working on appointing somebody to fill the role of uh, network worship lead to help resource our churches uh, in, in a variety of ways. So, uh, Anthony, go ahead and roll that video, if you would, please. Hey everyone, Don Immo here. In the last several months, we have been anticipating some transition. Uh, actually, uh, George Krebs came to us and let us know that he would be stepping down as our kids ministry director. And uh, that will officially take place in March of this year. Of course, Josh Schaefer, who is our worship lead for our network, uh, transitioned last year and abandoned us and went to Springfield, Missouri, for which we've forgive him for that. But uh, transition always opens up new opportunities as well. And we're here today to celebrate uh, bringing on two new worship and kids ministry directors to our network team. So let me start with ladies first. And uh, Aria Walker uh, is, uh, is our new worship lead. Aria, tell us where you're serving and what does uh, your present context look like? Mm -hmm. So um, I actually grew up in the Pendle District and um, I was a pastor's kid raised in this and so I became credentialed with the Pendle District and now I'm serving in Dover, Delaware um, at Calvary Church for about a year and a half. So I never thought I'd be on the Delaware side of Pennsylvania, Delaware, but there I am. Oh, well, your music, your your family is a musical family, and so it really uh, uh, noted for that. How did the Lord speak to your heart to go into worship ministry? Mm -hmm. um, as I said, I was, I'm a pastor's kid. My family's involved in music. Um, my dad was a worship pastor my whole life. And for a long time, I kind of, I really didn't want to do that because my family did it. Um, but as I just started getting involved and feeling the Lord just kind of impressed my heart that I needed to be involved in worship ministry, He just put such a passion in my heart for leading people in worship and um, just ministry in general, more than just worship, just pastoring people. So that's kind of how I got into that. What really puts wind in your sails when it comes to leading people in worship? Um, I think when I see people responding without a song, um, because that's that's what true worship is. It's not necessarily song. Those are our springboards. But right. when I see people really responding and being able to lead those moments without even a song, just people responding to the Lord, who He is, that's my favorite part. Well, we're really looking forward to your part and your partnership with us in helping us to resource our churches uh, with worship leaders and helping resource our worship leaders with church opportunities as well. That's one of the things that you'll be doing. So uh, welcome to the team. Thank you. <laughs> also with me is Jeremiah Gruber and Jeremiah will be filling the role that uh, George is stepping out of. Uh, Jeremiah, tell us what's the Lord been doing in your life over the last couple of decades? Well, I am privileged to have grown up in the Pendel Ministry Network as well, uh, attending an Assembly of God Church, attending Pendel Kids Camps, uh, being a part of Royal Rangers. My wife has been a part of Girls Ministry. So it was during that time at Kids Camp that I felt the call of ministry on my heart. Um, and then from then, I just began to serve in the local church. And, you know, our, our Pendel Ministry Network talks about healthy pastors, thriving churches. Uh, I am who I am because of a, a thriving church who invested in me. But then also the district invested in those type of events. And so 
I've now been at Living Waters Chapel in Lebanon for 20 years as the Family Life Kids Pastor and also serving in worship ministry for a while as well. And so it's been a great opportunity to be there and invest in the kids, but I'm excited about this new opportunity here at the district to pour back into people the way I've been poured into. Well, welcome to both of you. And uh, folks, if we can be of service to you, we exist to resource the local church in areas of kids ministry to be sure, worship ministry as well. And uh, we're looking forward to turning a page and seeing what the Lord is going to write in the next chapter. Welcome to the team. Thank you. Thank you. So we're happy to have uh, Aria uh, with us and uh, uh, she'll be providing different workshops and uh, conversations, especially among uh, our worship leaders and worship pastors. Um, and uh, likewise, Jeremiah. Uh, Jeremiah has been uh, uh, a camp speaker at many of our uh, Assembly of God camps across the, uh, across the United States. And uh, he's been Intr integrally uh, um, uh, connected to our uh, uh, our own kids camps and breakaways and so forth. So looking forward to uh, to his uh, participation uh, on a network level leadership. So uh, what, one of the reasons, uh, one of the topics that I wanted to uh, touch on today uh, has to do with uh, how, how do you go about determining when you're going to suspend or pivot, uh, suspend a service, cancel. I, I don't know about you, but boy, oh boy, there was nothing that brought more angst and anxiety to me than the week of uh, uh, when the weather service is announcing an impending blizzard that sometime was nothing more than a flurry. And uh, people, obviously, uh, they watch the news, they get anxious, and uh, there's a sense of uh, uh, am I re how responsible am I for other people's safety, as well as not wanting, to, uh, not wanting to suspend or cancel services on a Sunday. So I wanted to kick that can around a little bit today, and uh, I've asked a couple of folks to join us in the conversation because there's all kind of different contexts what makes sense in the inner city may not make sense on the mountaintop. And uh, uh, depending on where you are, uh, it could have a different look to it. So um, I've asked Barry Brown to maybe share some thoughts as well as uh, TJ uh, Harris. I see TJ is on. And anybody can jump into the conversation, of course. So uh, feel free to to share your experiences. But uh uh, Barry or TJ, why don't you kick us off? TJ, why don't you go ahead, brother? All right. Well, hello, everybody. Um, greetings from uh, sunny Delaware. It's good to see everybody. Uh, we had uh, a similar, uh, uh, what Pastor Don's talking about yesterday. We had a, a massive storm uh, come through that, that threatened to dump an inch or two uh, in our in our land, which shuts everything down here in Upper Delaware. Um, a little different than from when we served in uh, in in Denver, but you know it, it still is what it is. Um, I think for us, uh, one of the biggest things that we try to accomplish 
or figure out when we're deciding to do stuff like that is really what's the purpose of what we're doing. Um, us, you know, we like you now, we've got a very strong online uh, following. Hopefully you, you've kept that thing rolling uh, through uh, this this interesting season. So that makes the decision for us a whole lot easier. Uh, we can keep people connected, um, even if they're not in our house. Um, we, we've utilized that greatly, uh, specifically when we've had this uh, this uptick of this um, um, this Omicron thing that, that's hit this last month. Um, so for us, we always weigh the opportunity, you know, the, uh, the understanding of, of how treacherous it might be, who may be there. I mean, let's just be real. One of the main reasons that we stay and we get open on those times is usually fund driven. We want to make sure that the offerings are still intact. Um, you know, moving a lot of those funds to uh, online stuff has helped us, too. So we, you know, we, we, we really look at people's safety and then we look at their involvement. Um, and you know what? Let's just be real, too. Um, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I'm part of the traditions, too, to where, you know, we, we were in churches and, and we wouldn't close for anything. Mm-hmm. And and I had to ask myself this question. Is that is that more about the people or is that more about me? Um, you know, and, and, and sometimes we have to lay down those little pieces of our pride uh, and, and also understand this, that we are not built uh, on a week. That means you know, sometimes we we, 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 we are you know, part of the highs and the lows of every week. We think that one week is going to define our entire ministry uh, career, and that's just not the case. Uh, we build our churches uh, with longevity. Uh, we build our churches with um, you know, our staying power and the things that we do uh, week in and week out. So, um, you know, for us, we've just taken a little bit of a different approach. Again, this week, we didn't deem things um, severe enough for us to cancel. But we also did send things down and said, hey, man, if you don't feel comfortable coming in, uh, join us online. The important thing is that you stay connected to us. Um, mm-hmm. I also, just to let you know, too, I don't I don't make those decisions alone. I got a great elder team. Um, okay. So I, I'll, I'll give them a call and say, hey, guys, uh, what do you think we need to do? And and uh, we are usually in one accord. Uh, that way, uh, if there's any backlash or anything like that, um, I can hide behind them as a human shield, <laughs> and uh, and it seems to be better for me. Nice, nice, and and feel free to weave into this too, like you did, TJ. And that's Omicron or any other variants uh, that that come around. Uh, that's part of our present reality. Uh, Barry, how about you? How do you go about making a decision? Are we going to close? Are we going to? So for for us, we used to okay, we cut out Sunday school first. That's no longer such a, a big thing, but some churches it would. Sunday school got ditched first, and then we'd consolidate to one service. I mean, we did everything that we could to avoid uh, having to cancel the morning. But um, uh, from a personal point of view, there was one Sunday where it was pretty bad, and I had the uh, no-cancel policy. I mean, you know, unless there was a, a tornado or uh, something really wicked, we we tried to stay open. And and there was a couple on their way to church one one snowy Sunday morning, and they totaled their car uh, on their way to church. Thankfully, they didn't have to go to the hospital. But boy, it, it makes you revisit this idea. Oh my, am I? responsible or to what degree might I be responsible? So uh, again, that's the reason we're kicking the can around. Barry, what do you, what do you say? How, what's your process look like? Well, sure, Pastor. And I I agree with you. When we're making these decisions, for me, the first and foremost concern is the safety and care of the flock. As you know, we are a stone's throw from Philadelphia. So here in the city, you know, many times the snow plowing isn't that great especially in our smaller streets. Uh, sure. Many of them get missed altogether. Mm-hmm. 
So we have to keep all that in, in mind. What we've been doing the last few years, to be honest with you, is we've been using KYW News Radio. Okay. Because we figure everyone can listen to that. They can hear that. And if they, if they uh, forecast a, a, a weather emergency, mm-hmm. that's, that's our, uh, you know, our, our word that we get attention. When it's a weather emergency, then we'll begin that discussion with my deacon board. Okay. Um, okay. Shall we close or shall we not close? Yeah. We try to give the congregation as much you know, time um, so they can make that decision whether mm-hmm. we're going to close or not. We don't want to call them you know, Sunday morning. We try to give them as 24 hours if we can. Yeah. Um, once the decision, the decision is made with me and my deacons, for us, it's emails for the most part okay. and, some phone, and some phone calls. Our people are accustomed to getting an email from, from us. So we'll send that out saying a hey, service is canceled for this for this reason or or for that reason. Now, you know, you know, brothers, KYW, they don't always get it right. As a matter of fact, usually they get it wrong, you know. And there, you know, there have been times when we canceled and lo and behold, we didn't need to. Mm-hmm. But I would rather lean towards safety than not. So in my way of thinking. That's okay. God forbid we we don't cancel and then someone tries to make it in and then uh, they get hurt. That's a great point, uh, uh, Barry. Uh, you 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 brought up sending out emails. You know, it's a different day, of course. Uh, it's a good reason to keep our databases up to date as best we can um, and uh, publish the the methodology. How are we going to reach out to people to communicate? Uh, in those circumstances. Um, I'm wondering if either of you happen to have a printed protocol that you share with your people. Do you, do you have anything that uh, uh, communicates your protocols before you might need to uh, utilize them? We have nothing printed at this time now. Yeah. yeah. We don't either. We just... Um... I'm with you, brother. We just, once we decide to do it, we blast it everywhere, emails, social media, uh, everywhere you can. Um, you know, we just, we, we, the weather is so un- unpredictable that this, this storm was ridiculous. I mean, they were calling for, for us between an inch and 14 inches. I, they got to narrow that beam just a little bit more for us so we can make a, a little better decision. I should have been a weatherman. That would have been awesome, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I think for us, we, we, we play it loosey-goosey, but I also, like with my brother, we, we try to give people as much notice as possible. That means that sometimes we've canceled, and it hasn't been as bad as what we anticipated. And we just, you know what? We count it as a loss. It is what it is, and we keep moving forward. And yeah. once we pull the trigger, we, we go old school as well. We'll do some signage, you know, like for visitors, people who may not. You mean I have the email address? Oh, yeah. So myself or, or one of my deacons will come here and we'll put some signage up, letting people know that we're closing because there's a weather emergency. Hugely important. Yeah, when people show up because they didn't get the word and there's nothing but a closed door, uh, maybe we could do better, yeah. you know, yes. putting a sign up or having somebody there to explain it both is helpful, if it's possible, not always possible. But- Pastor Don, along the ways of policies, I know for our Wednesday night, we approach that different, our midweek than our Sunday mornings. Mm-hmm. And the midweek for us, we always followed what the school was doing. So if the school was shutting down evening activities, we had about 14 churches that participated. So it was always a challenge. Everybody has their own policies, but everybody knew that if the school system 
close down the evening policies for the midweek piece, then automatically our Wednesday night program, it only bit us in the butt once or twice where all of a sudden there it was a bad rainstorm, right? But I can tell you what happened yesterday at Calvary Wincote. Um, when the choir came in, the worship team came in to practice, pastor noticed that the, the parking lot was extremely icy. So then he sent out an email and told people to stay home. But a lot of people didn't get the message. So he left the church open. So yeah. we had worship and we had, you know, half the congregation there. Oh, about that. Yeah, it worked out. But the the parking lot was icy. Somebody did fall. No, they didn't oh. get really at hurt. But uh, he just thought it was safer to tell people that was going on and to stay home if they wanted to. It was live streamed. The, the service was live streamed. Right. Live streaming has been a game changer. Uh, you know, we can, uh, in some regards, thank COVID for it. Um, uh, people have had to up their uh, online presence and uh, it has worked out very well and it gives us a lot uh, of other options, um, you know, for uh, providing ministry. So um, other thoughts, anyone? Pastor Don, I just want to share. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Did I cut somebody off? Go ahead. I uh, just wanted to share something we experienced here. We we pastor in a very rural community, about 1,100. And one of the things that we are blessed with is the parsonage right on the property here. So whenever it snows, I try to make sure the church is open regardless and, you know, like send out emails, make phone calls. We have a lot of older folks that uh, don't have internet connections. So to let them know uh, what was going on last year, we had to make a decision. The parking lot was a sheet of ice. So I told people to stay home. Jody and I came over. We got the church open, turned the lights on because we'll do the live stream here from the sanctuary anyways. People are watching that way. They can feel like they're still connected with our church. And about five minutes was the three of us, me, Jody, and Abe, about five minutes before we were supposed to start. A gentleman walked in our foyer and he said, are you guys having service today? And it's snowing outside. I mean, the snow's coming down. Well, yeah, for sure we are. And uh, he said, okay, I'll be right back. And came back in with his wife and three kids. And they came and sat in the sanctuary with us and we didn't have worship. We didn't have anything. We just had a little time of fellowship, did the live stream, did the message. And then after it was done, they hung around with us for like 25, 30 minutes. We got to pray with their family, got to know them very well. And since they've become part of our church. Oh, so cool. it's really crazy what God will do when the weather is rough. And I know that's a hard decision, but for me, like, since I live here, I make sure the doors are open regardless. Good thoughts. Good. Hey, well, um, uh, Easter is around the corner, and um, two years ago, if you remember, we were all shut down for Easter, and uh, this is not that. It's, it's, uh, it's a whole different culture, a whole different approach to COVID, and uh, I'm wondering, uh, do you, have you felt any needs for contingency plans in case there is some kind of an uptick or are you uh, full on full court press going after it? Uh, how about it, TJ? What's happening in Hocassum? Well, we are, um, you know, for us, um, Easter is a big deal. Um, I think it's a big deal for everybody. The highest attended church day of the year. Um, you know, we are planning to uh, go full force with all the stuff we're doing uh, in person, but you know we have our finger on the button in case we need to uh, to go uh, you know to go virtual. 
Uh, but our plans are to, uh, you know, I, I think this stuff is behind us. We've got a lot of Easter activities. We do like an egg hunt for the community. Uh, we do a thing called The Way, which is a self-guided uh, Good Friday uh, event. It's based off of the Stations of the Cross. Um, that's very artistic. Um, we, we appeal to our Lutherans and Catholics that way. And then, you know, Easter, we're planning on probably three services this year just to get it done. Um, so we're going to do everything we can to make it a good uh, in-person experience. But it's kind of funny you mentioned that we we have already talked about um, just in case if we need to do some pre-recording of it uh, in case we do have to hit the button to go a virtual. Uh, God forbid we don't we don't have to do that. Uh, mm-hmm. We're very Hokesson is a very prominent place, which means that um, there's a lot of uh, we have a lot of uh, visibility. So how we um, engage those things uh, is is very much speaks to our community, and uh, because of where we are, uh, they lean more toward uh, caution. Than they do um, uh, us kind of, you know, storming the hill. So we're very aware of that. And that's actually um, brought us more people through the pandemic. Uh, we've just, we've taken a slow and steady approach, but we're, we're going full steam ahead. How about you, Barry? Same. We are, uh, we're planning on a full service. We are sending out invite cards uh, very soon, mailing them to like a three mile radius around our church. And, you know, we have a lot of uh, row homes around here. So that's going to reach a lot of people. We plan on going the whole nine, have a, you know, having a, a Good Friday service and a full service. Uh, in reference to COVID, you know, we're so close to Philadelphia. So, you know, Pastor, as you know, Philadelphia, they're very liberal in their politics, but very conservative in how they deal with uh, COVID. Right. And we have a number of our people who live in the Philadelphia area. What we are doing now is, and we have signage up as well, and we're going to do this until who knows when, but we're telling folks if you're fully vaccinated, and the masks are optional. If you're not, you're in your honor system, wear a mask. Mm-hmm. So I would say at this point in time, we probably have, I'm going to say 30 to 40% of our people that come and wear a mask every week. Okay. Every week. And we'll do the same thing as we get close to, uh, you know, to Easter as well. Yeah. We, we have a culture here. It, it, it's interesting. when. You, we used to have a, uh, a Sunday night prayer every Sunday night, and we ended it during COVID. And we, we started this year, but just once a quarter. Mm-hmm. So we had it last night. And there's a desire in our church and a culture for altar prayer yeah. and for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Folks want to be prayed over. They want, they want to have hands laid on them. They want to be anointed with oil. Mm-hmm. So we you know, it, it is what it is. They're coming up to be prayed for. They want to be prayed for. And we, we, we don't make people feel guilty if they don't want to come up. But we want them to feel comfortable if they choose to come up. Yeah. yeah. I've told everyone that your pastor is fully vaccinated. I've got my booster shot. And I tell them, if you don't want to get your booster shot, I'll take your booster shot, too. I'll take everybody's <laughs> booster shot. I don't care, pastor. All right? I'll take everyone's booster shot at this stage of the game. Yeah. I, I do that because I want people to feel comfortable. They want to come up. Yeah. If I still lay hands and pray, we'll do that. And now, when we get close to Easter, we'll see. Yeah, you know how we're going to handle that aspect of our service. Right. We may have to change things. Depends on the numbers and it depends on the visitors who who are coming. Okay. Because um, we, you know, we got hit. We got hit last year as well, as you know, mm-hmm. the Omicron, and and we actually canceled one service, and we're still trying to get our numbers back up. Right. You know, but even in spite of that, you know, I would say 
probably when we when we reopened, maybe two weeks after that, folks were hesitant coming up to prayer. But since then, when I open the altars, people come up, they want to be prayed over. Very good. Very good. Well, it looks different. It'll probably look different halfway through the year. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but uh, again, I, uh, I hate to lose an evangelistic opportunity, the Holy Week, as it is traditionally called, um, is, is just a huge opportunity between Palm Sunday and Easter Sunday to connect with your community through outreaches, through different uh, experiences, and then the in-person worship experience. And uh, I, I wanted to I wanted to send out a clear signal that uh, that this year we just don't have to draw back and be fearful. We always have to be aware of our context because that's different from place to place, from region to region, from city to suburban to uh, um, urban and uh, rural. It 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 just depends. Like you said, Barry. Uh, fully vaxxed and boosted, and yet there are some places where, if you said that, it would uh, it would create a ripple in the time continuum. I think there would be major, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there'd be major outcomes to that, uh, and it it really depends on your culture, your context, your connection to uh, to the church family. Good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, you know what else is going to happen this year? Christmas. And Christmas is on a Sunday. Mm. It's Jesus' birthday. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, and again, I'm not I'm not pastoring a, a local church anymore. But it just kind of makes me uh, shudder a little bit to think that we would suspend services for Christmas. Uh, because it's a holiday and we should focus on family. I, <laughs> maybe we should focus on Jesus. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, different people will do different things. And um, uh, I wanted to throw this out that um, uh, something that we found effective uh, one year at, uh, at our church uh, in Uniontown that we were pastoring was we had a baptism service on Christmas morning. It, it, was, it was a huge celebration. People wanted to be baptized on Jesus' birthday. That was the, and, and as it turned out, the one time we did it, it was 1995, and we had just built an addition with a new baptistry. And so this was the inaugural event and uh, I came in in the morning, it ran all night, so it should have been nice and warm and toasty. I put my hand in the water, it was freezing. <laughs> the contractor didn't hook up the heater. It cycled, but it was freezing. I had about 20, 25 people getting baptized that morning. And so I, I pulled them all aside and I said, hey, folks, there's I don't blame you at all. If we, we can put this off till next week, we'll get it fixed. And no, we want to be baptized today. Yeah, they were in and out in a minute or two. <laughs> I mean, to tell you, I thought I was going to die of hypothermia. Were the tongues and interpretation passed when they got out the pool? Uh, there was stammering lips, I can tell you that. <laughs> 
<laughs> but anyway, it's a great opportunity to celebrate and, and it may resonate with some. Another thing's baby dedications. And uh, so the reason I'm saying this here in, in the last day of January, if you want to have baby dedications December 25th, your married couples still have time to get things rolling, you know. <laughs> now, now, listen, you're going to have to be very careful how you make that announcement, but uh, you, you might want to make it right around Valentine's Day. I, I don't know. That could just, it all could work together. <laughs> so just some thoughts and... Uh, I'm hoping my wife isn't on here, so I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> and, and that, we, we did have a real story. Pastor Don spoke at our church yesterday, and as he finished, one of our young ladies' water broke. She said, she said, I think said, as soon as he said amen, her water broke right there in the service. By the way, they just had a baby girl uh, just oh, a few hours yeah. ago. So yeah. they, they anticipated that it would be, hey, we're going to go to the hospital, and that baby's going to come right now. And uh, that was not the case. So her husband is already starting off uh, a little behind the curve <laughs> with understanding how this works. So, so thank you for bringing that anointing, Pastor Don. Hey, we appreciate that. That, that. that was great. That's just part of the superintendent's anointing. I'm telling you. It is. Say, good stuff. You warn people when they come in, if you're pregnant, you might want to step out before I say amen. Today could be the day. That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're going to wrap it up. It's good to see everybody. Uh, thanks for uh, being with us, and we'll uh, we'll get together in a couple of weeks. But uh, Lord bless you and keep you safe and uh, stay strong, stay healthy, be filled with the Holy Spirit, be encouraged. Jesus is coming soon. Even so, come Lord Jesus. But until he does, let's share the good news. Amen. Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, thank you so much for those who joined us on today's call. And I pray that God, you would bless, bless us so that we can be a blessing. May your blessing flow through us. May the good news of Jesus, the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, the peace of God that passes all understanding. It guards our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. These benefits are ours, and we want to share them with our communities, our family, our friends, our relatives. And I pray that, Father, you would bless our, bless our ministry family to make them a blessing in their day, in their culture, in their context, in their generation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.